0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 79 of TLDR Podcast. We got James, we got traded. We're in for another great episode. We're talking football, we're talking hockey, and we're talking a little bit of sad stuff with my top threes. We're talking top three players that got hurt in their career that you wish didn't get hurt. You got to see a full potential of their career. Those are the guys that we're going to be talking about at the end of the podcast. But let's kick it off with the boys trade-in uh first of all i know you had a great weekend i did uh second of all it came at a little bit of a cost yes How it did. are you feeling in your words you have the thing
1: yes i have the thing that seemingly everybody else on the planet has right now um except for james except for james and tyler but um i think you know i've come to the realization that it's that no longer are we th- like at the beginning of this whole thing back in, you know, March of 2020, we, I didn't know very many people, if any that had it now, it's like, you, you can, you can probably find a second degree of someone who has, has this thing. And it's, I think it's now becoming not, not a matter of if, but when, so here I sit, um, with it, uh, tested positive yesterday. Um, but very minor symptoms. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Everyone else around me, it has tested negative so far. So that's all good. Um, I told, I told uh, Kylie that of the four people that we, that were us hanging out with her parents and and her and myself, I'm probably the best to get it because I don't have to go into work. Um, I'm not old.
2: (laughs) I don't have to deal with
1: any of that. (laughs) So I'm like the best person to, to have it. If any, if, you know, it's never good to be sick, but you know, I'll take it for, I'll
0: take one for the team. All right. Well, we appreciate you doing that for us. Uh, I believe you're the first member of this podcast that has gotten the thing. So, congratulations! Oh no, James says
3: no. Who else got it? Uh, you know the other guy that's not here with the mustache, monotone voice.
0: Ah, uh, I don't know. Oh, got he it. got it. Why I didn't know I know that? Not know that, or did I? Know I'm
3: pretty that? sure he told. It. He totally bro, on the podcast, bro. Did he? Yeah,
0: we'll have to replay the tapes on that.
3: Eric, well, did you get not. COVID?
0: can you confirm or deny you gotta take
3: that you got to cut that if didn't, okay. you didn't you got to cut that section out because okay. i don't want people to know it <laughs> yeah yeah true true um so but yeah if he did he did you know hopefully,
0: hopefully yeah. everyone listening to this is is staying healthy my streaks yes. live knock on wood uh, i'm still still negative took took a test yesterday as well it came back clean so we're chilling uh, so far, so good. Uh, works crazy with everyone coming back from break. All of your schools with lots of positive cases everywhere. So I totally know what you mean, trading by like you see. Everyone knows someone right now that has it. Uh, but hopefully, we're all, you're all you're all staying safe out there, James. You're feeling good. I'm Football's coming down to this final week of the year. How you feeling? How you doing?
3: I'm nervous, man. It's uh, yeah. uh, the Niners are winning in. So it's you know they they control their own destiny at this point, which they should have done from the get go, but they didn't. Um, but yeah, go. Me and Traden are gonna go to the game on Sunday, and it's gonna be a good game. Um, hopefully, they win. <laughs> they don't, want am gonna cry, but that's okay. Like Traden said, we're, we're good, don't worry about me, worry about yourself. As Tyler just said, be safe, even though you really can't be. It's a matter of when, not if, right? Traden, see, I'm just meshing you guys together at this point. Yeah, Trayden, you should not be drinking alcohol, bro. What are you doing? The dude over here drinking alcohol, a, pre- a I'm black sure white clock here is COVID. Dude, it helps me sleep it helps me sleep that, they they say sound depends sleep that's what i'm doing here <laughs> that is like that's the one that's like 14% alcohol too that's no most, it's not 14% like, it's, it's 8 you idiot it's eight. it's it's an up it's up from 4 so <laughs> it is up from 4 what is that yes. like a double seltzer
1: it, yeah it's called it's the, seltzer the, the White Claw surge so it's like oh, double yeah. there it's, it's not bad dominant. like i, I it's well, not bad cuz you can't taste it i don't know which one i ta- i don't know which one i had the first time and i was like never fucking again um but the, the lime's pretty good the lime's okay there's right. enough lime bite to How take do you know off. that it tastes
3: like lime if you can't taste
1: no i can taste there's i don't know i still have that he just has the mm. sniffles and a bad attitude. Yeah, thank god thank god I'd, i i didn't lose <laughs> my
0: sensor uh sense of smell and taste that would have sucked there you go well that's good um also, this is the first episode of 2022. We all had uh, our New Year's celebration, New Year's Eve, uh, so let's go around the horn. Like, what are you guys' New Year's resolutions? If you if you've made one, so putting you guys on the spot, uh, and Let's start with you. How about how about not getting COVID? Um. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, you failed.
1: <laughs> I failed that one, um, but that's okay. I mean um we're, we're past that uh i would say so kylie wants us to look very good for our wedding so i have where we got our gym memberships and we'll be going back we were supposed to go back today that <laughs> won't happen for me because i'm not allowed out of the house <laughs> so
0: we'll retry that next week and see yeah you know, how it yeah. goes there you go you can still work you can still do a gym in, in, inside you know so you yeah do- i
1: can yeah I that's true
0: that's that's true no excuses <laughs> no excuses you're right what do you got new year's resolution
3: so for myself it's not really so much a resolution but a word that i'm going to take into 2022 with me that i live by and that's the word of improvement uh 2021 was a year of a lot of trials and tribulations for me a lot of learning and a lot of growth that needed to be done and through all that it forced me to do a lot of introspection especially towards the end of the year there and forced me to look at myself and how i saw myself and I didn't like the way I saw myself. I didn't like the way I felt about myself. I didn't like a lot of things about myself. And I'm going to go into this new year with a renewed vow to become better than I was yesterday. And if that just comes down to cleaning up clutter to make my room feel better, or like one of my things, is I'm going to read hundred books this year. And I'm already two down. It's been four days and I finished two books. Um, all these books are upon self-improvement and how to become better and all that but it's just being better than you were yesterday and it doesn't matter if it's .1% or 5% just be better than you were yesterday because compound effect makes makes you way better than you were day one and it's just looking at that and making myself feel happy about where I am and it, learning that I can't rely on anybody else for that sense of happiness and well-being and satisfaction that comes from me. And so just learning that all of this last year and making sure that I can implement that in my day-to-day life.
2: Yeah, see, that that
1: was incredible. I'm so glad that I went first because following that, I feel like a bigger piece (laughs) of shit than I already do.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go.
2: Uh,
1: Tyler, what's
0: yours? Try to follow that. Yeah, I can't follow that. Uh, (laughs) Fuck, my New Year's resolution is to draft better in fantasy football. Um, Oh,
1: hey, that's a good one. Get better running backs
0: to not have to have two solid running backs. Obviously, we have to wait a little while, but I'm going to do – You you don't have to have two solid running backs, baby. I'm going to do months Number one is
1: doesn't have two solid running backs. Number okay, one. Okay.
0: Well, I got to start with one. I guess you're right. Let's uh, let's <laughs> go small, small, or what am I trying to say? Small goals first and then work your way up to. Two. So, yeah. Um, but for real, I, I think for me, I think the, the biggest thing for me is trying to be a little more financially responsible for me. Mm. Um, you know, having kind of living with my girlfriend and I on our, on our own, having a, my first full-time job. Sometimes you like, Oh, I have a, I have a, uh, uh, steady paycheck increased income sometimes at first you're like "Wee!" like all this money doesn't turn out that way uh so trying to be a little bit more smarter with that and just be more conservative in how i spend my money trying to actually have a savings account and actually like put money in there like once a month so, you know just kind of things like that uh just trying to be a little bit more money conscious um is my new year's resolution trying to get better with that so that's good Hopefully you guys all have your resolutions, and if you haven't started yet, that's okay. I mean, we're only what four days in. You got another 361 days to figure it out. So uh, it's actually kind
1: of cool. We have we have a physical, we have a mental, and we have a financial. Like we kind of like tag all. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there you go. Love it. All right, guys, uh, let's get started with the podcast. Uh, Football, as I as we mentioned a bit earlier, uh, we're coming down to the final week of the regular season. And there are still a lot of things to be decided. It's a pretty crazy, wild uh, playoff chase um, in the AFC. You got seeding up for grabs in the NFC. It's all crazy. So, James, let us know or kind of take us through the, 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 the highlights of, of, of last week and what t- we need to look for uh, moving forward.
3: All right. Like Tyler said, we're just going to look at the big storylines here, the big. It's not O-puck, O-football moments. That doesn't make sense. That was awful. you <laughs> got to think more better than that, but that's okay. <laughs> oh football moments of the Week 17. <laughs> We're starting off strong here with Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals. If you did not already hear, the Cincinnati Bengals have locked up the AFC North with an incredible showing from rookie Jamar Chase. The dude broke records. In this game, he had 11 receptions for 266 yards and three touchdowns against the Chiefs. He broke the rookie receiving record for one game, and he also broke the most rookie receiving yards in a season in NFL history, breaking Justin Jefferson's record that was set last season. And what's crazy, the crazy thing is about this, he's still got one more game. That's because the NFL added another game this year. Um, But that record is going to just balloon up higher than it already is, which is ridiculous. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this, man? What do you think about Jamar Chase? No, I love
0: it. I love it when rookies come in the league and just burst out of the seat and just and just destroy all the records. I mean, he just what he he broke his uh, fellow LSU Tigers own rookie record. What a year? Not even a year. Two years after it was uh, set. I mean, that's literally a year because I just said a year ago. Yeah, well, a year. Sorry, that's fine. Wasn't, I was not
2: <laughs> clearly. Right, so clearly, Use
3: resolution. Listen better. Yeah. There you go. That should be mine
0: uh yeah LSU wide receivers lately have been producing some some really top-notch ones but dude how about not only Jamar Chase and what he's been doing in Cincinnati, but that whole Cincinnati team who thought oh yeah this Cincinnati Bengals team was going to come up there and clinch the freaking uh division with a week left in the year I mean pretty amazing I I feel like we didn't really hype up this team a whole lot this year um especially in the preseason I don't think any of us really I think we thought they'd be competitive but certainly not division winners so uh, that's pretty remarkable uh, what
3: they got going on. Tyler, like. I got to give you props, though, real fast, because everybody in our little mock draft section that we did prior to the draft said the Bengals were going to pick up Panay Suo, And then you were like, no, they're going to get Jamar Chase because no way. everybody wants a wide you receiver. said that? He said that, and we I all did. gave him so much shit for it. Mm-hmm. We were like, Tyler, you're an idiot. And that was the whole thing about Tyler loves wide receivers. Everybody's got new wide receivers, and we are like, you're a dumbass dude. They need an lineman. And boom, we were wrong. <laughs> Jamar Chase was the right pick, so props to Tyler on that. I should be. It's funny. it's
1: funny because what's funny about it is that is that Joe Burrow has looked really good this season. Um, I, I Admittedly, the team has looked very good. They came back from a 14-0 deficit against the Chiefs of all teams who are playing at the best we've seen them all season. Um, and then for Jamar Chase to, to make a play like that from Joe Burrow, I mean, this team is clicking, boys. This team is fucking clicking.
0: How far do you think they're going to go? How far do you think the Bengals are going to go? I think they're going to win one playoff game. Oh, yeah, they're going yeah. To see, win. I got to do my I little es I mean, playoff machine. Currently, right now, aren't they the number one seed in the AFC? Or am no. I, no, 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 Chiefs are. I'm an idiot. Sorry. The Titans are. Yeah, it goes that. Titans and Chiefs, and then the
2: Bengals. Are oh, yeah, shit. that's yeah, the Titans number one right now.
3: <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. That's insane. First of all. it looks like the Bengals are going to be playing as the Colts if everything kind of falls into place here. Uh, well, I picked the Colts from this or go to the Super Bowl, so. So they're not winning a game, so is what you're winning. saying. <laughs> they're not winning a
0: game, but it, it could. Since he team. has the Colts, yeah, at this point, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Jay, do you think they're going to win a playoff game? Do you think they're going to go far in the playoffs? I mean,
1: I had Cincy go, <laughs> going all the way, but, you know. All the way? Had, all the
0: way, like Super Bowl? We said that. I said that last week, remember? Since no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No. I did say that. You said Indy.
1: I'm sorry. I meant uh, I meant indie. Sorry, that's who I meant. Oh I wow! I was like, so, bro, what? <laughs> yeah, my my wires are crossing. So yeah, I, I had I had the Colts going all the way, but it, it, it's tough because you know we we've seen that Cincinnati can put up numbers, and the Colts D is not bad. That's who they're gonna get. That's who they're gonna play first. They're gonna they're gonna get the benefit of not having to play. They shouldn't have. Yeah, they shouldn't have to play the Kansas City Chiefs um in the second round. So they'll play probably either the bills or the, the Patriots at this point. Um, I, I don't know. I, I it's, it, it's so tough to, it's so tough to decide, but you know, we we've seen this team come back in certain situations and who's to say that they can't do it against the Colts. In my opinion, I think Cincinnati has a better offense. So you, you can't really, you can't, you're going to be relying on Cincinnati's defense, or I'm sorry, uh, Indy's defense to, to stop that. And with Jamar Chase, you know, Jamar chase had a strong start team started to figure him out. And now he's starting to break out again. He's figuring it out. That's what, a, that's what players do. And if he figures it out for that game,
3: who knows, who knows how far they can go. One last question about Jamar chase here before we move on to the next topic, Jamar chase, it's very early on. How good do you think he's going to be overall like in the wide receiver ranks of all time, what is he going to lay? All time of yep, all time, like one number- through 50, pick a number. 47 wow that's a little low in my opinion of <laughs> Train, all time you think? I, I, can,
0: lot, I can i just broke the rookie receiving there's a lot record, of receivers bro. that have played in the nfl oh, if you're talking oh, first all of time, all i mean you're, you're freaking that's a hall of fame status he broke, burst broke of the all. record already he broke yeah. two records in one game. game okay it's one year First of all, he's going to win. You said Jalen Hurts is going to be
1: Patrick Mahomes
0: <laughs> after one start. I, say, so you can't I talk said that. he had Patrick Mahomes' potential. Read the tape. I said he might yeah, be. Yeah, he did.
1: He did say that. I said he had he potential to
0: be. I didn't say he was the next. <laughs> Read it point. back. Yours is worth what doing what Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Jamar Chase uh, has has Jerry Rice potential. Will he become Jerry Rice? I don't know. But he's no. definitely got. <laughs> no, he's, he's got him Jerry Rice. Okay, but that's what you're asking.
3: Uh, Jerry Rice Jerry is also Rice one. Is one. Yes. And you said 47. The 47. Yes. variability yes. between that is ridiculous. He's yeah. going to be like a top oh, 30. You know what? Here's a great At question. Here's a great
1: question. Top 30. Is he going to be better than Cooper Cup? No.
0: How do you rank receivers? Like,
3: like but Cooper Cup mind, only like, decided to show up in the last like two years. That is that is a true statement. But he's had injuries fair out of one year he's had one year of injury he's been in the league for four years yeah but still it's tough wrong um I,
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna put him in the top i'm gonna put him in the top uh top 30 i'll put him at 30 at this point um, God, he 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 <laughs> is you said 47 i said it's 30, not that though. far off um he he's well first of all he's gonna win offensive um rookie of the year this year that's my, that's my, that's Did my, Cooper cup do that? actually, no Mac Jones was there. And then this last game, it completely changes. Right. Especially when you'd given the, give the fact that the, the kid had, like I said earlier, had a strong start. He had a little bit of a t- tail off because team started to figure out. And then he starts to break out again. That shows that he's a player that can adapt to a, to a league of men. And this isn't college anymore. This is men. This is is the NFL. Th- that that shows a lot. That shows a lot to me. And um, you know, I'm sick of quarterbacks winning every fucking award when it comes to MVPs and rookies and all that shit. It's 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 time so- another player, uh, another skill player get you know gets that spot. So
3: would you march to be an offensive lineman? I think yeah, Trent loves to get an MVP, <laughs> but that's just me. That's fair. You
2: know,
3: <laughs> he is the best player in the league in terms of ratings, just so you guys know. Moving on to the next topic here. This is the weird one. We're going to talk Antonio Brown. And I'm sure you guys have all seen the tape here, all seen what he just did, frolicking in the end zone shirtless, throwing off his gear midway to the third quarter. What happened there? I don't really know. I just hear what people have been saying on Twitter. But pretty much, let me lay it out for you. Third quarter, Antonio Brown is coming off an ankle injury. He gets asked to be put into the game by Coach Bruce Arians multiple times, and Antonio Brown refuses a little caveat here. He was in the game for the majority of this time. He had three receptions for 26 yards. And when Antonio Brown refused multiple times, Bruce Arians said, then leave. And that's exactly what he did. The dude took off his pads, took off his helmet, took off the jersey, left on the sideline, went down the end zone while a play was going on, and was just hyping the crowd up on supposedly what's supposed to be a bum ankle that he couldn't play on as he was frolicking off the field. Trayton, what do you take what do you get from this? What you, what's wrong with Antonio Brown? Is Antonio Brown ever going to play in the NFL ever again?
1: These are, these are crazy questions, man. I mean, wh- you, you have, I, at first I thought, I thought it was because they weren't playing him considering he had three different, he had yards, receptions, and I think touchdowns or something else in ter- Like he was so, so close to getting a bonus in terms of um, a million dollar bonus between three, you know, among three different spots, you know, 333,000 each. Uh, and, it, it, at first, people were, were were thinking that it's the Bucks keeping them off the field so that they don't have to pay them the bonus. But now the way it's you're, you're describing it is that Bruce Arians actually wanted him in the lineup, wanted him at, during playing the snaps, and he refused, which is very interesting because it's like, dude, you're so close to winning another million dollars. I would be fucking – I'd be doing everything to, to get that extra <laughs> million dollars. I'd be saying, yo, Tom, you throw the ball to me the rest of the fucking game. Look – what happened there uh, I, I can't explain it but you have to think that there's there's something like some kind of mental issue, mental uh mental health issue there in my it, it just just uh, I'm not a mental health expert obviously but just given the fact that he you know he he was asked to play he he's had these kind of moments before where he just kind of lashes out and he's been the victim of a uh, there's definitely one huge hit that it's amazing that he even came back. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, among others and you know, you you have to think that there's something else there and it's sad that it, that that kind of occurred and the way that he's kind of being looked at, it's unfortunate, but um, thing, then you look at it the other way. It's like, you you know, you, you, you need to find help too. You need to find help yourself. So I, I hope that he finds his way. Um I don't know if he's going to ever play another down in the NFL. He's, he is an amazing talent. Like from a, from a talent perspective, he has, he has amazing talent. It's just, what do you do with it? Um, I thought that, I thought that Tampa Bay was, you know, Tampa Bay took a, took a gamble on him. And it seems like it didn't pan out as well as they thought. Um, It's unfortunate because I mean, Bruce Arians wanted him out there. He, they were, they were willing to pay his extra million bucks. If he just met those milestones, he was so close. So fucking close,
2: he was so close. Um,
1: and for him to storm off like that, it's like, dude, th- there's some, there's, there's just got to be something there, right? Um, and that's th- and that's the sad part. And, and Antonio Brown, I hope you find, I-, I hope you find help, whatever that is, or whatever you need. Um, I hope you can find it. Um, that's all I got.
3: Todd, do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, it's it's a tricky one. We know of Brown, uh, Antonio Brown's history of these kind of things, and you know, it seemed like he was kind of rebounding from a lot of that stuff. And, you know, with mental health, it's never you never like really permanently get better. It's just kind of this, you know, you get better, you don't get better. It's just, it's, it's, it's a constant lifelong battle. Right. Um, but either way, like that kind of behavior, you know, just kind of isn't acceptable. You just can't do that. You can't just leave your jersey and just walk out on your team in the middle of the game, especially when you were at the time where they were losing that game pretty big to, against the team that was not supposed to be beating them. Um, with a, with a, he, he's, he's obviously a pretty, a pretty key player to that team's success. So, um, you know, I, it, it's just, you can't be doing that. Um, it, it, it's hard to watch, you know, for me, I just, a lot of people are making fun of it or, you know, whatever. I just, it, it's just sad to me just to see that happen um, and just annoying. It's just like, you know, like, you know, how, you know, how can this stuff kind of happen? Um, so it's definitely, there's definitely a lot more layers to it than people realize so I hope, I hope people kind of see that. Like, it's not as simple. It's just a guy got pissed off and started off. the feel like there's, there's a lot of layers to this. Um, oh, yeah. So I hope, I hope that he does get the help and I hope he does well, but yeah, I mean, just unacceptable. He can't be doing that shit, but um, yeah, just kind of just a sad thing. You know, like I, I, I personally root for people. I, I, I love comeback stories. I love when people, you know, kind of got that rags to riches kind of thing, you know, and it seemed like for a while, Antonio Brown was completely lost and, he seemed to be finding his way back. Just so to see him kind of fall again for me was painful to watch. I think that was kind of my initial response now, to that. Now, I,
1: you know, to kind of bounce off of that, I do understand that if he felt that he was injured and he didn't want to play, I mean, he, he's refusing to because he's just not mm-hmm. physically ready. Do we blame the, I mean, I, I hate to put you guys on the spot or, or any doctor or any team doctor on the spot, but the doctor should have been more either more adamant or the doctor should have said, I mean, the doctors are really the ones that are going to clear these guys and he, he clearly didn't feel it. So it's, I guess it's just unfortunate that there was either a miscommunication between staff or what that, you know, it seems like he wasn't really prepared to play in that game or play as many downs as, uh, as Bruce Arians wanted, but.
0: Yeah, James. I'm sure you can speak to this as well. But you know that when you when you're dealing with an injured athlete, there's there's the physical component of like what is this injury and how are we going to heal it? And you you know go through doctors and all those guys to you know reassure the patient that hey, you're 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 good to go. You can do this much. You can't do this. You you can do that. But then there's the whole other side, which is the mental part of it, and that is an extremely difficult challenge with some people. And that for me, I think is what. Antonio Brown was going through, you know, like maybe does he really believe that his ankle isn't injured? Is it injured or not? You know, that, that, that I can't speak to that. I don't, I'm not there. Obviously. I just know as an athlete trainer, like the challenge, like there's some athletes that really struggle with that. Like you can reassure, you can give them all the objective data from doctors, from multiple doctors, from multiple opinions that say, Hey, you're healthy, you're good to go. And the end of the day, they still don't trust it. And that is a a much more difficult issue to, Mm -hmm. to, uh, to kind of fix. James, and perhaps I don't know if you have more to speak to
1: that or not, but well, even even still for James to mull on, maybe perhaps you guys can even shed some light. James, you can shed some light. I would and I come from a hockey background, and usually you're seeing the exact opposite. You're seeing the player 90% of the time, I'm sure you guys can agree, it's players wanting to play when they probably shouldn't fucking play. <laughs> so James, maybe you have you seen a situation where it was like this, or is it typically the other way around?
3: It's really both um but when it comes down to it like the, to culminate all of this what we're saying here is that human be- human beings are complex and unless you forget that these athletes are human beings we usually put these athletes into this spotlight of being like the superhuman thing that doesn't really have emotions it's just there to perform for us but you got to remember these guys have emotions they're layered just like we're layered they have this, they go through the same stuff we do in a different way we don't necessarily know what he's going through right now what we see is superficial. We see him leaving the field because he's what well, we throwing what we perceive as a tantrum. But there's so much more going on in that man's brain. And that man has given his body to football. And it's been damaged and battered his brain along with it. And we can't come close to comprehend what he's going through right now. And it's going to be really hard for us to judge him based off that. Because we don't know what he's going through. Just like he doesn't know what we're going through on a day-to-day basis. Human beings are complex. And it's unfair to judge others based off what you see. So many, so many other things are going on inside people that you just don't know about. Yeah, agreed. It's kind of where we're at. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah, now. We can move on to the next topic here. That was a little we're deep. Getting... <laughs> Interesting. Um, moving on to the NFC West here, we got the Rams, and this is Tyler's team, so I'm expecting Tyler to talk a lot more about this year. Ah, but I just want to the... know: <laughs> Are the Rams okay? No, I don't. Know. I don't know if they nope. are. That's it. <laughs> what do you they mean? Are they okay? They won against the Ravens. Nah, they just won against the Ravens, nineteen to twenty. The Ravens. The they Ravens were losing. against a backup quarterback, and Matt Stafford has thrown multiple picks in multiple games. And the secondary that you have is blowing up. Matt Stafford threw two picks last game against the Ravens. In the last seven games, he's thrown eleven. He's only had two games in the last seven games where he hasn't thrown a pick. In other games, he's thrown multiple picks, up to three picks in a game. And on top of that, on the defensive side, you got Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp going at it. That can't be good. That's your cornerback and your safety. They got to be on the same page to make this work. Tyler, are you worried? No, I'm not fucking worried. Oh Guys, my God.
2: Children,
0: everyone needs to calm <laughs> down. Yes, yes. Okay. Matthew Stafford has his issues. He's been turning the ball over like it's nobody's business. It's bad. It's not good. Okay. He needs to figure that out. He needs to lock it in, but we know he can't. He's Matthew Stafford. It's not like this is some rookie quarterback that we're worried about What do about you
3: it. mean we know he can't? He played for the Lions and had a season where he won zero games.
0: You play for, that's the Lions. This isn't the fucking Detroit Lions. This is the L.A. Rams. This is a much better football team than the fucking, than the fucking Detroit Lions. If he's that, as good one. a
3: quarterback as you say he is, he would have won at least a game on his own.
0: Matthew Stafford. As I said, I'm not going to make excuses for the turnovers. That, that needs to get better. He's, he's got to, especially come playoff time. You, you, you can come back against teams like the Ravens, like the Vikings, and, and, and make that happen because his team is good. And that defense, that, that, that Rams defense is looking good as hell these, these last weeks. And they're the reason they won that game on, on, on Sunday. It was not Matthew Stafford. So Matthew Stafford has got to figure it out. Yes, I agree. And I'm am I Am I a little worried about Matthew Stafford? A little bit. I am. I'm not going to lie to you especially against Except good,
3: uh, especially a good, being uh, super worried.
0: I'm not, I'm not super worried. I'm a little worried. Hey, uh, give me a number. Like from one 10.
3: Yeah. One to 10, 10 like, being very
0: worried. Like six, Cut like six. a pretty, a pretty good moderate amount of worry. Okay. Because we can't, we can't turn the ball over three times in a playoff game and, and expect to win. We just can't. Okay. Going, going back to the defense thing, the little scuffle between Ramsey and rap. I don't give a shit about that. Okay, it was the, it was the first shot of the game. It was one blown coverage looked like. Obviously, Ramsey probably shouldn't be punching your teammate on the field, but you probably shouldn't be handling it that way. But things like this, you know, miscommunications, trying to trying to get, get, get guys to focus. I'm sure things are said on the sideline that are far worse than the little slap on the helmet, okay? So everyone needs to call. I don't, I'm not worried about that at all. The, that defense locked it down. They didn't allow a single touchdown, a, a single offensive touchdown that whole game. They've been looking super good. I'm not worried at all about this Rams secondary. I'm not worried about the Rams defense. I'm not worried about that little scuffle in terms of it, you know, affecting chemistry or whatever. Sometimes brothers fight. It happens. It's a competitive, emotional game. Things go down during the football game, and you know what? That happened. They flushed it. They came back together and they locked it down, and they're the reason that that, that they won that football game. So that side of it, I'm not worried at all about the Rams. Is it the, the Stafford issue. A little bit. A moderate amount of worry. He's got to figure out not to turn the ball over. He's gotten away with it two weeks in a row where he's, you know, turned the ball over three times. Cannot happen moving forward. It just cannot. But other stuff, I'm not worried at all. Rams are fine. We've won five games in a row. We're about to quench the division. We're making the playoffs. We might even be a three seed. So we're fine.
3: We're good. Are they fine, trading? Are they fine?
0: Well, I didn't think they were fine last week
1: and i was looking at the score and it and it took the last minute for the rams to win against a injury prone injury riddled ravens team like huh like what the fuck and it, it took the defense to win the game like that's a problem to me like that is a true problem now i understand that defense wins championships blah 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 we've had this conversation <laughs> fuck it look we've seen it time and time again if you don't have a solid quarterback that isn't giving up the ball three times in a game that's back to back three turnovers in a game not to mention the three turnovers they they uh they committed against the green bay packers which was a loss you you're you're just not going to win in the playoffs now it's it's fantastic that they've won the last four games five games excuse me um and i'm and and it it does put the the you know it, it it does it does make it interesting that they're, that they're able to, to squeak out wins and that, and that's fantastic. But let's look at who they've beat the Jaguars, the, the Cardinals. They're a good team, the Seahawks, the Vikings and the Ravens all by less than by, by nearly a score, except for the Seahawks. That was a 10 point game, a score against, well, first of all, one point against the Ravens. What the fuck one touchdown against the Vikings. They need you. You need to have a higher pro you need to have a higher octane offense when you're going to be playing teams that can put up numbers and defensively, it's, you know, I don't really give too much credence to the whole, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey thing. I I don't really care because I I've seen, I actually agree with you, Tyler. I've seen that that is might just be like an emotional thing. The game's very emotional and it's just kind of hyping them up. We've seen it happen with, I've seen it happen in the NHL and the teams go on and just fucking go, go off. So I, I I actually agree with you on that. It's the offensive side that I worry about. Um, and I, I just, they're ranked 18 in the red zone. 18 in the red zone, which the red zone, there's a reason it's called the red zone channels because you're in the red zone, the highest scoring opportunity, and you're 18th and you're expecting to win the, the Super Bowl with that? There's no fucking way. You're giving up the ball three times a game. I, I just... I, I worry about it. And especially with a Niners team, you're playing against a Niners team next week. I don't know what to expect with the, the uh, who, James, who does the Cardinals play next week? I don't know. Cause well, it, it really comes if the Cardinals win, which we don't know if they're going to win. We'll find, uh, they play the Seahawks. They're going to win. The Cardinals are going <laughs> to beat the Seahawks. Sorry. So Tyler, you need to win this game or else you don't have home, home field advantage. You're, you're knocked out of first place. You lose first place against a Niners team who is fighting for their fucking lives, who can turn the ball over, who have the ability to beat you at the line. I, I, I I would be worried. I'd be worried. I'm not going to say you're, I mean, obviously you made playoffs, but I would be worried because you're playing teams that can put up numbers. Now I'm not saying that the, the, the Niners can put up a lot of numbers, but once you get to the playoffs, you do play teams that can put up numbers. And, um you need to be able to at some point you need to be able to outscore it now your defense is going to stop some but you still need to be able to outscore it and if you give the ball if you turn the ball over to teams like green bay they are going to fucking destroy you you turn the ball over to teams like tampa bay they will shove it down your fucking throat every time i agree with you i agree with you. so unless you figure that out (laughs) you're fucked And, and actually, you know what, given, given the fact that, and I will stand by what I said last week, the Niners will win on Sunday and the Cardinals will win. You will not be in first place. That's, that's gonna, that's, you will not be first place in your division. I'm going to
3: stand by that. I I mean, in Tyler's book though, in Tyler's book, he doesn't give a shit about home field advantage. He's like, (laughs) if they make their playoffs, they make their playoffs. And that's exactly what he said last time, which I don't agree with whatsoever because home field makes all the difference in the world. Tyler, you obviously never played football before because you have no idea what home field is like. Last thing we're going to talk about here. I mean, I haven't played football. It's going to be very really. quick, very, <laughs> very quick. We're going to talk Trey Lance. I just want to hear your first impression of him and if he's going to be a starter in the Week 18 game, the must-win game against the Rams. Trading you first.
1: Oh, man. Trey Lance. Trey Lance had a great second half. Let's just put it that way. He had a great second half. His first half was... He was the exact opposite of Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G is a moves the ball quick. That's Kyle Shanahan's play. You're moving, you're you're getting the ball out. You're getting the ball out. And all of a sudden, and I have actually texted you this, James. I said he's just not getting the ball out fast enough. And as soon as I said that, for some reason, he started getting the ball out faster. And lo and behold, they start fucking going off. Like he he looked better throughout the second half. I is he going to be a starter for week 18? It's really going to come down to Jimmy G's thumb it's really going to come down to Jimmy G And honestly, set? I don't, I, I don't trust him in that week 18, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think he's going to be your starter next, next season. Um, if, especially if Jimmy doesn't improve, especially if he doesn't improve, he's has uh, Trey Lance is your, is your future, but you're playing a Rams team and to, to Tyler's point, a Rams team that has a very good defense, <laughs> And has the ability to make plays, you need to be able to make plays. And Jimmy, while Jimmy can't move the ball far, he 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 that play with Debo, James. You remember that play? And I said that play was great. I don't see Jimmy making those plays, but he does make the the smaller plays. And he always makes the smaller plays, and almost always. And I just trust him more in a situation where you we know the secondary with the Rams is very good. And I just I really hope Jimmy's back. I, I just don't trust him enough. Um, although I do, I do admit Trey Lance had a strong finish to the
3: game. Uh, just for everybody listening real fast, the play that Trayton was referencing the Debo play was the play in the fourth quarter, I believe. And it was a, a naked play action boot to the right where the X receiver ran a Y and the other receiver ran a slant inside and post to the outside. And the under receiver, the George kill ran a slant inside it was a it was a busted coverage to be honest with you. It was it was two high safeties up and nobody covered down, leaving that huge open space there. I mean, Tyler could have made that throw. It was a naked boot. It was wide open. Just got to get the ball forty yards downfield. If you could do that, nobody was covering Debo. Um, so Dude. I think Jimmy could make that play as long as he doesn't overshoot it like he normally does. That's the thing. Fast, he does it. Yeah.
1: He, he, his his long game is just and you know it; it's just not there and trey that's where trey lance is amazing he is going to be able to give you that but
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, i just we saw what he did with he had two what two or three options on that one play in the first half might have been the first might have been the second quarter he had two or three options wide open and he underthrows it on a short on the short side it's like you you can't you can't fucking do that it's and and also, I was not very impressed by, by the amount of um, attempts that uh, Kittle got. You got to you got to you got to get Kittle involved more. You have to get Kittle involved more. Um, he he plays better when he gets targeted, and he okay. makes Im- he makes such an impact when he gets targeted. Um, and I just don't think he was um, involved enough.
3: Okay, and Tyler, real fast, first impressions, and is he going to be the Week 18 starter? Yeah, definitely liked
0: what I saw. What we saw. Definitely glimpses of, of, of a great, bright future. In terms of week 18, if Jimmy G is healthy, there's a 0% chance Trey Lance is going to play in that game. I just think you you, you played your whole season with, with Jimmy G. You're not going to just change it up all of a sudden in a must-win game. It's just not going to happen.
3: I, uh, I am going to disagree with you, Tyler. I think Trey Lance does keep that job. Wow. Jimmy G's time in San Francisco is over. And as Tyler Trayton had mentioned earlier – it's going to come down to the fact that he think Tyler Trayton sorry, thinks that Jimmy G could potentially come back as a starter next year, and that's as also a zero percent chance. The plan was always, always to have Trey Lance sit out a year, and then usher him in for the next season. Jimmy G's big contract of twenty five mil per year is off the books now, um, so Trey Lance is going to be the starter from this point going forward. He's the future for the Niners. Wow! And that concludes. And and my you're open, wait, wait wait
1: wait wait wait. That's that's crazy <laughs> though because. Of of all okay. of all the people on this planet, I have never ever ever seen a bigger Jimmy G apologist ever in my entire life, and you're saying that he's not going to play next week. Is uh, now I I agree that he won't play if his thumb's not good, but for him for, for you to say he's going to go on for the
3: playoffs, that's crazy to me. It's the same as the same thing when the, um, Alex Smith went down and Colin Kaepernick took his job. You got to ride momentum, and this was a huge momentum win for the Niners against the Texans and Trey Lance needed more time to grow and mature. And you saw that in the first half, he was, he was a rookie. Like it took him a while to figure it out and get comfortable with what he was doing, ride him out until he starts doing bad. Keep him in. You, you, you're okay with the risk. You're not playing the Texans.
1: You're, yeah. you're playing the Rams.
3: <laughs> yeah, I understand. But I believe that Kosh Hannan has the ability to manufacture game plan that will defeat the Rams. Cause Sean McVay's Kosh Hanna's little brother. Yeah. Sean McVay learned everything he knew from Kyle Shanahan. So I'm pretty sure there's a way that Kyle Shanahan will figure out a way to get this to work. Cause even before Jimmy G got there, the Niners were still killing the Rams with freaking CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. <coughs> and of course, Trey Lance is surrounded by a better team and is better than CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. True. So I am not too worried there. It's the Rams. The Niners own the Rams.
1: I, I am going to love being in that game. Uh, that game on <laughs> Sunday is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and for those of that don't know, James and I will be two fucking rows from the field on that game, assuming my symptoms go away, um, but they will. Um, and in this game, like, dude, I, I'm I'm gonna try and keep like a I might even bring my GoPro so I can keep it in front of me to watch to keep an eye on James the entire fucking game because he's gonna go <laughs> fucking nuts, dude. I'm telling you. I'm losing my voice. I'm gonna be like
3: Tyler on New Year's. Have to do all that karaoke. Like, really we may
1: it. guys. I, this this podcast came out late this week. We may if James loses voice, we may be skipping another day. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Yeah, it is a possibility.
3: It is
0: possible. Yeah, you use the the uh, computer voice to talk for the podcast.
3: <laughs> or the TikTok voice.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the NFL segment. Um, it's a good one. Thank you, James. Uh, it's kind of fun to talk about, you know, we, t- we talk about fantasy, which is super fun, but it's definitely fun to kind of at the end of the season, talk about, you know, the playoffs and the actual teams going on. So it's always a, a good little shift there. Um, Traded. Are you ready for some hockey? I am. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to do that hockey.
2: With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's best inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might've been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust DIMER. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at DIMERUV on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com.
0: welcome back everybody uh trading in the in the uh little break here said that this this particular hockey segment is going to be fun so i guess i'm excited for a change of pace because other other ho- hockey segments have been super not fun so i'm excited to see how you're going to do this it's good to know i i'm, I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you're telling me this now
1: like yeah. jesus yeah. um look so <laughs> We're just gonna go through some fun stuff, kind of similar to James. We're gonna go through some uh, some interesting things that happened in the NHL. We're gonna start, you know what? We're gonna start with the with the probably the biggest story of the week this past week. Um, and that was at the Kraken Canuck team. Um, uh, a Seattle Kraken fan who is a a medical student, in fact. She sit sa- well, seemingly saved the life of a, the equipment manager of the vancouver canucks as you know she was sitting she, she she was sitting i guess behind the canucks bench and she noticed that there was a abnormal looking mole on his neck and she in her notes on her phone like typed out the mole in the back of your neck is possibly cancerous please go see a doctor exclamation point and put it towards the glass so that he could read it he looked at it and he didn't think at first, he never thought anything of it, but asked his wife what what how it looked, and she's like, "Oh, it looks a little abnormal." He went to the they went he went uh, I guess the team doctor or or whoever um, um, removed it. They did a biopsy, and it in fact was cancerous. It it was just cancer. Uh, it, the cancer was just on the top layer of skin, so it didn't even penetrate any further than that. But it's just an amazing story because you know, this is a, this is a student that was just at, that was just a Kraken stu- uh, Kraken um, fan student at the, at the game that noticed this told him, uh, showed him about it. He got it removed and he doesn't have to deal with any of the crazy stuff that could have ended his life down the, down the road. Um, he basically said, you know, it, it's not like, sh- it's not like he was brought out of a burning building, but he was, he was brought out of a burning that uh, a building that was slowly burning. And if you, and if you wait too long, it could have been it could have been really uh, really terrible. And the best part of it was this gal Nadia Papovici, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, um, was awarded a ten thousand dollars scholarship for medical school um, as a as a token of their appreciation. Damn, uh, B- Vancouver and Seattle both teams basically awarded her the scholarship. You guys, the reason this is so amazing is because you both are, you know, part of the medical team of, of sports teams uh, respectively. Um, and you guys kind of live for keeping athletes, um, you know, the best that they can be and keeping them, keeping them healthy. And I, I, James, I just want your thoughts on this whole story. Like, what are your thoughts on this story?
3: It's just so crazy. The amount of things that had to happen for this to happen like everything had to fall into place for her to be there and see that and have the wherewithal and the confidence to do something about it. Because there's a good possibility she could have been wrong and been been like, you're an idiot, what are you doing? And there's a good possibility that he wouldn't listen. And he did, which is great. And like, they both had courage in this situation. Uh, for the equipment manager, it was the courage to actually look at that and respect it, and then go to the doctor and see what he thought about it because a lot of times when you're faced with something like this big you're kind of afraid to go to the doctor because you're like i don't want it to be something serious and yes it's counterintuitive to think that but people avoid going to the doctor because they don't want to hear something they don't they don't want to hear something serious and he had the wherewithal and the composure and the confidence and the courage to go do that potentially hear something bad he did that so good on him and good on Audio for shooting her shot essentially She had a knowledge base because she went to medical school and she did what she wanted. She did what she needed to do and was compelled to at a good Samaritan to help out somebody else in need, regardless of what it could have cost her. And I mean, like she didn't expect $10,000 coming her way. She was just doing this out of the goodness of her heart. And so I'm proud of her. She's going to be a great physician one day because she has the heart. She has a great heart and is generous and is knowledgeable. So good on her. Love that.
1: Tyler, any, any thoughts on you? from you on this, you know, you guys are, you know, part of the medical staff. So this must hit harder for you guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, two, two emotions for me when I heard, when I saw this story, Um, the first one was terrifying because I think just melanoma and that type of cancer for me is like such a scary one because there's really no signs and symptoms other than seeing it. And if it's in a place you can't see, then there's this thing slowly growing on you that you can't see that could potentially end your life. I, I had an uncle that passed away from this. So it really hit close to home Any, any time that someone has this condition. Um, so I have a, like a pretty visceral response anytime I hear that. And it's something that I personally, I'm always checking the mirror, making sure I don't have anything crazy because I got a family history of that. Um, so first of all, scary, just because thinking of like what could have happened to him if, you know, Nadia wasn't around to actually help him. Um, so that's scary, first of all. And then two, just inspiring, because as, as Kanye's mentioned, for the her not only to have that knowledge is one thing, but to actually see something and act upon it is a whole nother level of 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 inspiring and uh humans just looking out for other human beings that we really need to see more of that. You know, what I mean it's you're you're helping out a stranger. You see you see someone in need and you help them, you know. And um, it's pretty amazing that she took that. Uh, that took that action, not just said, you know, she, she could just turn to whoever she was with. He's like, oh, I think that mold might be cancer. Like, I, I hope he gets help. No, but she actually went out and went out of her way to help this guy. And that action right there is truly inspiring. And it's something that I hope that if I see a stranger like that and I have the knowledge to be able to help them, that I can be able to act upon that. And it definitely helps me, you know, hopefully do my job better, not just with my athletes, but with just strangers. You know, if, if I ever am in that situation, you know, to be able to act upon that and to know that, you know, and have the confidence and to have the, the heart to help a fellow human, even if you have never, you don't even know their name. So um, yeah, those are, those are just my two uh, kind of reactions to that story.
1: Yeah. I, I absolutely love the story. Um, it, it is truly amazing. And it, this may be selfish what I'm about to say, but this is, this is my opportunity to take a jab at the Canadian government who have completely stopped all fans from being in the, in the building If Seattle had done the same thing, that guy would have never found that. So, Canada, consider bringing your fans back in the building because this. Take it from a guy who has it. It's just a common cold right now. So, fuck you guys. Because uh, and thank God and thank God that Nadia was there and she did the she did what she was compelled to do and what she has been training to do and what an amazing story. And Canada, get your fans back. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Um, the Winter Classic. The Winter Classic happens every year. Um, luckily, we, it, it went on without a hitch, although it was insane considering the temperature. It was the third coldest outdoor event in, in sports history, at least North American sports history, and the coldest uh, Winter Classic in NHL history um, between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Um, the St. Louis Blues absolutely just looked amazing in that game. I don't know if you guys saw, um, they absolutely just pooped, on <laughs> pooped on the wild in their own home. I would say home barn. I guess you could say it home barn because it's, you know, their home outdoor rink six to four. Honestly, the score really wasn't indicative of it. Um, I, I, really just wanted to get your guys idea of how you guys think it went. Um, luckily with all the COVID stuff, I think that the NHL was so focused on making sure that this happened because they were, they had full 40,000 or a little shy of 40,000, like 38,000 to change, uh, fans there. Um, uh, this is a very big revenue driver for the NHL. It's their marquee game for the regular season. Um, very similar to, to Tyler, you remember the, uh, the, the, the field of dreams game, if they, if the, if the field of dreams game happens every year, that's the same thing. Like the, this is their marquee event for the NHL and it happens on every single um, um, new year's day ever since 2008 um, except for obviously last year. Um, so James, I don't know if you caught any of it, but what were your thoughts about it?
3: Last year it was the one in Lake Tahoe, right? It was yes.
2: Which yeah. okay, so that <laughs> yes, was crazy. It's the complete opposite.
3: Yeah. Last year in Lake Tahoe, they couldn't keep the ice from melting. And this year they couldn't keep people from not freezing. Freezing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it was ridiculous. I mean, I saw the picture of um the defenseman for the blues. I don't even know his name, but the dude with the beard. But he was like sweating and the spot was frosting on his beard. Was that Ryan was, O'Reilly? Riley and O'Reilly. He's, yeah. Is he a defenseman? He could be a center. He's that forward, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, but it was disgusting and also weirdly really entertaining at the same time. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like <laughs> salt and sweat and nutrients and sodium and stuff just sitting there frozen on his beard. Ridiculous. Uh the game itself, as Traden said, wasn't indicative the score is indicative of how good it was. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of scoring. I mean as a casual as Traden so badly pointed out I'm a casual NHL fan. Six to four. Great. The Blues, Jordan Caillou, two goals to assist. He played out of his mind. Um, Absolutely insane. But as a casual fan, you love love offense, especially if it's not your team. And that's what you go to watch. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't there. You'd have to pay me a decent amount to be out there because I'm, dude, I love the cold, but when it gets that cold, I'm uncomfy. I'm very, my, my toes freeze off. I, I, I don't know what I would do, man. Would I be paying attention to the game? Probably not. I'd be sitting there trying to warm up and try to shiver and stuff and just trying to make things work. Um, I can't imagine it was that great for the guys who weren't playing because they were just sitting on the bench waiting for the shift to start to get warm, freezing. Um, but I wasn't there. So I wouldn't know on TV. It was fantastic. Loved it. Um,
1: Tyler, so this game had so a very similar or going off of what James said last last season, we were in Tahoe and it was just too warm where they couldn't keep the the uh, the ice cold enough to you know, really run the game right. This season, they actually had to heat the rink up because it was too cold. The ice would have cracked. It was that cold. <laughs> um, and, and like it, And on top of that, they had heaters in the penalty boxes, in the players boxes. And and they were saying that guys like so usually you sit on the bench, but usually but it sounded like guys were getting in front of the bench where the heater was so that they get their ass and their in their legs nice and warm. Um, Tyler, I don't know if you caught any of it, but um, what were your thoughts about it? I mean, the, the game, se- honestly, the game was much faster than I thought. I thought the game would be much slower
0: than it was, but, um, I just want to get thoughts. warm, bro. What do you I mean think? Yeah. People are just to trying to get, just <laughs> play the game and go home, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I, I, I love these outdoor, uh, games. I like that. That's everywhere. is a little bit different. You know, you get different, obviously. I mean, the parallels for blaster this year is like completely polar opposites as, uh, Jim, uh, as James mentioned, but you know, it was cool to see all the snow around the field. Um, goalies wearing beanies i mean that's fucking awesome like you gotta you love that see that shit um yeah i mean i always love these winter Classics. i like that they all have their own kind of unique flavor and twist on them um <laughs> i mean this is why hockey isn't played outdoors and that's why we have a controlled indoor arena so that because it's just so much effort to keep that ice in good condition um it's really insane i I think when they played the one at uh Levi's stadium with the sharks and kings i watched the documentary about it how they were how they had to keep that ice and just all the time and effort that goes into keeping that ice at the perfect temperature and all that stuff, especially in a, in a warmer climate like California, it's crazy. It, and so um, it's, it's, it's definitely really impressive. So everyone that was on the, the ice, I call it the ground screws of baseball, but maybe it's called the ice crew for hockey uh, props to them Cause that, that, that's quite a feat to, uh, to, to pull off. My one critique about the outdoor games, the one thing that I, when I'm watching it, that, um i would like to see more of was is, is fans a little bit closer to the rink i understand that you're trying to make yeah. the whole thing seem bigger with the stadiums and all that stuff but i'm not saying it has to be like a full arena where it's everyone's close maybe just having like a section around like a kind of like almost like a horseshoe shape kind of around the ice because i miss seeing the the fans on the glass and the reactions is when goals happen because mm-hmm. you like you You watch it happen, and you see the players' reaction. But I think part of what's about either being at the game or watching on TV is seeing the fans react, and you don't get that with outdoor games. You just, you don't see that part of it. So I would like if I if I I had to make one critique for for NHL, maybe add somehow add a section where where you still have that. You know, like for like the the Lake Tahoe. Obviously, you don't want a whole grandstand blocking the 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 whole uh, scenery. And you, I, I I like the fact that they have the 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 big signs out there when you're watching it on TV and, and the snow and stuff. So I'm not saying in that area, but maybe in a, where the cameras aren't where you're watching it, you know, kind of on the backside of it, putting in a section of fans up on the glass, I think would be super cool. Um, just to, so we you still have that kind of close knit uh, fan reactions that I think is what makes for me, what makes hockey super fun to watch.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I actually agree with you on that one. I think I think it'd be better to see fans up close. Um, and, but here I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a curveball. I want you guys are both Um, one of you is a huge football fan. One of you is a huge baseball fan. Is there an iconic field or that you would like to see the next NHL game, James? Soldier Field in Chicago. I think they played one, but they they're due for another.
3: Candlestick even though that's gone.
0: Ooh, I like
1: that. It's 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 a little warm, but I like that.
0: What about you, Ty? Well, they've done Dodge Stadium. Um, I think they've done Fenway before, unless I'm mistaken. I'm pretty sure. Have they done Wrigley Field? I don't know. So Wrigley Field would definitely be probably, you know, up top three most iconic ballparks. It It is the oldest ballpark in america uh and chicago in the winter time i mean it's good definitely gonna be cold enough so <laughs> sounds uh, like it was in 2009. so we're due for a redo <laughs> ah okay so i don't i don't remember that but um off the top of my head those would be the top three for sure um yeah i mean it i i, I love but i i would like to see something more kind of like with with the lake tahoe one but maybe just go to a different cool scenic area like outdoor area not you necessarily i
1: should a, look up um like, stadium uh, but It's you would have to build the whole stadium, but look up Lake Louise. It's in, um, it's in Canada, but it just North of Calgary. It's actually iconic because most, so, because well, you'd have to build out a stadium, um, but that's an iconic that that's where people go to literally play pond hockey. It's frozen over most of the, most of the winter and it is stunning. Um, so if you guys have a chance to look at that mine, this is a this is actually a field that is in between many teams. Toronto could play Detroit, could play Chicago, uh, Minnesota. It is the most probably the most iconic football stadium in the in the uh, NFL, and that is Lambeau Field. Um, I would love to see a game. i somebody to do a Lambeau, Lambeau leap, dude. what you score a goal? Do a Lambeau, Lambeau leap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just iconic, man. Lam- Lambeau, <laughs> like you guys know, Lambeau Field is like the MSG of of the NFL, um, Not or the more soldier stadium. field,
3: but yeah, that's fine.
0: Um, so
1: that, <laughs>
3: how that's
0: about, how me. about when, when, I just thought of, um, you know, AT&T park along the ocean would be pretty, Ooh,
1: that'd be great too.
0: That'd be a beautiful scenic area. So go, yeah. go into, i or, sorry, Oracle park. Now I, I will forever call AT&T. So, yeah, sorry. I
1: know. I still, I still do. Um, but they have Oracle stadium now with Oracle arena, which is or, just yeah, like Oracle like arena Oracle across arena. the, um, parking lot at the park um, anyway thank you guys for that let's uh let's move on let's talk let's talk actually a, a, about a couple teams here we're gonna first talk about the penguins the penguins are um, you know have have been on eight games winning streak without Malkin um, they have looked much much better than than we I guess we have expected especially when you consider all the injuries that they had to face um, Tristan jari has finally coming back so they didn't have him Um, I do appreciate the fact that the, the wins that they've, they've had were against teams that were more on the eh side, but nonetheless, 34 goals in eight games, 34 goals in eight games is crazy pace. Um, and they have done very well kind of to this, to this moment, especially when you consider all the injuries and they still don't have Malkin. So Tyler, is this a
0: contending team? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not. I mean, you're, you're not. You're a dumbass. No. Okay. Well, can I? Can I? Can I? No. Listen oh, first. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. Um. Yeah. Are they? Are they the Pittsburgh Penguins that won back-to-back Stanley Cups a few years ago? No. But listen, this is still a very, very good hockey team. Um. I mean, they're a great defensive team. So not mine, You know, you you mentioned all the goals they've been scoring lately, but what they really have going for, and that's really consistent, that gives me confidence in this Penguins team is their defense. They, they, they've, they're, the, they're fifth in goals allowed per game and they're first in the league in penalty kill. I mean, if you can be in top five in both of those categories, you're going to be in it, okay? You're, you're, you're going to be in, in most games. You just got to put some pucks in the back of the net. Obviously, uh, easier said than done, but they've got some guys that can do that. Um, so I think offensively, they're not as strong as especially some other teams in, in that conference and they're definitely not top dogs in that conference. I mean, there's a ton of great teams there. Um, so they're going to be a lower seed come, come playoff time. But they're going to make some teams fight for it, man. And I think, I think they have a really good shot at winning a playoff series. I think they could upset um, one, of those, one, of those top, one of those top seeds. Um, yeah, Penguins, I, I have no doubt in this team. They, they're just one of those teams that you can't really ever count out because they've shown success for so long. You know, it's kind of like the Patriots in football. Even though they got a new quarterback and all this stuff, there's so much going on, they're still winning football games. You can never really count them out because it's just that kind of organization, that kind of culture. Penguins are definitely one of those teams in, in hockey. So, and they're just riding a hot streak right now. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. And they're not fully healthy, as you mentioned. So, they they still got guys that can come in and help them out. So, but for me, what gives me confidence in the Penguins is how good their defense is. That's huge for me. James,
1: you clearly disagree.
0: Yeah,
3: that was before I looked at the actual standings. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're a wildcard team.
1: Yeah, yeah there's
3: nobody else in the East that can really get close. Uh, but the. In terms of contending, I don't necessarily think they're going to go very far in the playoffs because let's just talk about, you said they're on an A-game heater right now, but they played, you said not so good teams. They put some shit teams, bro. Come on, let's be real. They played the Canucks pre-Bruce Boudreaux. This is before the Canucks had a better coach. They played the Kraken, who are the pride of Seattle, but not very good. Uh, The Habs, without Carey Price, who are still poopy. The Sabres, Sabres. Jack Eichel drama's done, but they still suck. The Devils, who are one of the worst teams in that division. And then the Sharks. Come on, bro. Like, really? Like, who? Yeah, they've done well and they've outscored opponents so much because they played teams that are don't score or don't go in the power play. And when they do go in the power play, they can't score because they don't score regardless. So yeah, that's why your power play number, your power kill numbers are inflated because you play some poopy teams come on man
0: this is this is for the full season not for this for this eight game season if you if you but they still played a lot more if you're number one in the league let's look at the rest not because of the eight game game winning
3: streak let's let's look at the let's look at their teams that played right and so they the teams they played have more losing records than they have winning records for their entire season they played worse teams now they front loaded the bad teams to begin and they're going to start playing more competitive teams to end the season which sucks for them but their numbers are inflated it's not they're not. It's not going to be the same either way. They played more bad teams at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I hear you on that, but I, I feel I feel as though, you know, if you're number one in the top and top five in another key category, you know, yeah, you can have a week schedule, or whatever, and that's obviously going to fight the numbers, and we'll see where they are. But if I mean, we're almost halfway through the season, more than halfway trading. I don't know. know if, if uh, we're not even quite half. Okay, well, almost half. I mean, you're definitely in – if you're in the top five in one of those team categories, like, you're doing something right against good teams and bad Okay, teams. so,
3: yeah, let's let's talk about this, and we'll, we'll extrapolate for the rest of the season here. This is an older team. They're not young by any means. And because of all the shutdowns just happened and the little pause and little break they've had, they're going to have to put some games on the back end of that, and they're going to have to play some closer – like, games that are closer together. They're expected to have this pause in February to kind of reset and do their thing. They probably won't now. And did they account for that? Did their bodies account for that? I don't know. Did the conditioning that they've done before preseason account for that? Probably not. They expected a two-week break, and so now that they don't have it, will that old team be able to recuperate and regenerate for the foreseeable future for the playoffs? Sidney Crosby, man, like he's injury-prone. Evgeny Malkin's been in and out the lineup right now. Out. Tristan Yari is a younger goaltender who doesn't have all the confidence in the world just yet. And yeah, he's doing well now. But he did really well two years ago, and last year did bad. Like it's, it's up in the air. Yeah, they're doing well now. Can they sustain that over time with an older team that's prone to breaking down?
1: Wow. I mean, I I got you guys. You guys both bring out some really, really great points here. Um, Again, I, I, I I, I try to look at a little bit more advanced analytics more now. Um, Just, I think that that's just kind of the way things are going. And the advanced analytics for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, you could argue, if you're James, that you're playing against teams that aren't as high octane, but you're still playing against. They do. They still have played against the the Tampa Bay's, the the Maple Leafs, all you know, those types of teams, the Capitals. And, you know, in terms of in terms of possession, in terms of high dangerous chances for, they're in the top, they're in the top. I mean, they're they're above league average, and they're well below against high danger chances against, which means they are finding a way to prevent scoring chances, which is going to bode well for you going down, the going down the pike. Do you, you James, you do have a point in that, you know, you're going to be playing harder teams, um, you know, down the stretch and how are they going to deal with that? I don't know. They do have a very old team too, which is very interesting. Um, but what I guess what is most compelling is the fact that we, I, I actually didn't even have them in the playoffs. I don't believe. I don't believe I had them in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, and the crazy thing is that they're doing this well without Evgeny Malkin. And when he comes back, you can only assume that that's just that's just helping you that much more. It's it's letting it's letting even the you know those guys that are having to play a little higher level come down to to easier competition at the third or fourth lines, um, who are you know playing very well. And they've been riddled with all these injuries and they've done very, very well. And I think that that's the part that's the part that that's most intriguing uh, for me. Do, do I think they're going to contend and go down go, go far in the playoffs? Uh, you, it's kind of like the Tom Brady effect. You never bet against Malkin and Crosby. You just never do. But I guess if you look at the last couple of years, they haven't been able to get past the second round, very similar to what the Capitals were plagued with, um, you know, before they kind of broke through um so i think the team is legit but i but i probably agree with james in that i don't think that they're long-term contenders unless they really unless you know they do in fact play well against these better teams then i think we'll revisit it um you guys have anything else before i move on the last one dallas eakins of james's um, Anaheim Ducks isn't signed this past year and is helping make this team look very interesting. It's actually changed my mind 180 degrees about this guy. Um, considering I did not like him um, at his tenure at the end with the Edmonton Weathers after doing some research, I probably was a little premature with my um, thoughts on that. Um, James, I'm going to ask you, is this guy, A is this guy going to get an extension and B is this, is this guy a Jack Adams candidate for you?
3: Uh, I'm going to answer the second one first, the Jack Adams candidate. I'm going to say no. Is he going to get an extension? Time will tell. Um, he needs more time. He needs to prove himself more. This is his first time as a head coach that he's actually done well. And this was pre-break, before the COVID break had just happened. Since the break, they haven't been doing well at all. they are two and one Like, they don't look good. They look slow. They look sluggish. The mark of a good coach is how do you respond to that adversity and what adjustments do you make? To make your team successful. Through three games, he hasn't done much. He was kind of riding on the coattails of their momentum and playing well as a team and team chemistry and just rolling forward with that and using that to his advantage. That momentum has since stopped. It was just, I don't know, the season stopped, everything stopped. Going back at it, he's got to get this team to become better again. He's got to get this team to play at the same level that they were playing at before. And he hasn't proved that. I mean, right now they're winning against the Flyers 2 0, but it's the Flyers. Like the Flyers aren't a good team. Um, I think they lost to the Kings, who aren't a good team either. So that that tells you all you need to know right there. Hey. Uh, <laughs> always shooting <laughs> always too much out there. Uh, Dallas Aikens needs to do better in the upcoming weeks to show that he actually got what it takes to be a coach in the NHL. Without riding momentum, without doing all, without just kind of riding the coattails of his team, because right now is what he's needed the most. He's got to provide his team with motivation or line changes just do something make adjustments to make this team as good as they were pre-break or better and he's not doing that right now
1: wow um well i completely disagree but we'll get
0: to that uh tyler what do you think yeah james i'm 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 impressed with your hyper criticism of your own coach i think that's i think that's a good thing um but i i i uh I don't know. I, I think he should get an extension. I mean, listen, the, the Ducks are a young team that is overachieving. And in my opinion, in order to get that to happen, you have to have a really good coach because there's really no other, it doesn't just happen. Like players don't just come in the league and succeed right away. You have to have guys that are put the right guys in place to make, to get the most out of them, you know, cause you're just young and you don't really know what you're doing. You have all this talent in the world, but how do you use it? How do you put it against the best, of the best, that's a good coach in my opinion. So I think Eakins has done a fantastic job with this uh, Ducks team. Um, I think that should be rewarded in in, in some way. Um, I think that's a special ability that 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 he's done there in um, Anaheim. Um, obviously, they're going to have their ups and downs, so because they're still a young team. But they're, I mean, they're a year ahead of schedule, maybe two years ahead of schedule for some people. Um, the fact that they've been in a consistent playoff spot all year, and will I mean, at the moment, I think most people might have the Ducks making the playoffs at at, at, at this point, which is very impressive. I mean, that, that's it's not like this is an old, savvy, veteran team that you know, a coach came in and kind of changed that culture, and there was already you know, guys that knew what they were doing. This is this, I mean, there's very few of those players left on that Ducks team. You know, it's, it's a huge core of young talent, which is one thing, but it's one thing to have talent, it's another thing to have success. And I think for me, most of that credit has to go to to uh, Eakins here. Um, so in my opinion, it definitely warrants an uh, extension.
3: Okay, so I spoke premature. Like, I say, yeah, an extension is is going to be good, but it's not going to be a lavish extension. It's not going to be a big, big time oh, extension. that's true, because I mean, you can't reward him that well off of one potential season of success. He has not had a winning season as a coach in the NHL, in the AHL, yeah, but not in the NHL. He had one season with the Oilers, got fired the next season. His first two seasons were bullshit where it was abysmal. The first two seasons coaching was abysmal. And right now he's having some success you can't reward him and give him this massive contract off of one potentially good season. He'll get an extension. Yeah. Cool. But it'll be mid-level. It's not going to be like this whole multi-million thing. That's going to break records. Not even close. He'll he'll be the coach of the ducks. He's not,
1: he's not going to get get a good like, he's not going to get paid like John Cooper. He's not going to get, who is the uh, Tampa Bay coach. He's not going to get paid like Jared Bednar. Who's the, uh, Uh, uh colorado coach and Sheldon Keefe, who's the Maple Leafs coach, albeit I think that they were stupid to sign him long term, but I hate the Maple Leafs so what do I what do I know? Um in terms of the ducks, dude, we there's nobody on this podcast that expected him to be this good. It's just they just did not. And he also on the on top of that, his GM, his former GM, did absolutely fucking nothing for him. They didn't, he didn't make any single move, nothing in the, in the off season. And he sits here with all of these young players, um, you know, the Drysdale's, the Zgris's, and he's the kind of guy that he's, he he's, he's more of a player's coach. So, you know, Zgris, we've seen what Zgris has done in the last few weeks here. It is a breath of fresh air in this NHL, in this league. Um, He's making crazy goals, goals that like you wouldn't even think to make he he is just a laid back type of dude that loves to be in front of the camera and show his face and be be in interviews which is not something that you've seen Then bringing in jeff ward who was the head coach for the calgary flames um and now he's the assistant coach for the ducks who has a lot of pet who has a good predigree as an assistant coach you know and bringing in one more um you know uh what do you call it uh uh, assistant that has a little bit more um, pedigree to help kind of help him help guide him Dallas Eakins I think if you had any other type of coach in this I don't think that you that that you it, that you get the the young bloods to to come up like they have they are playing so loose they are playing so with so much you know spunk and wow. I guess sexiness in a sense that they just they they're just loving their their, their situation and Look, if if the Ducks make the playoffs, there's no doubt that he is going to be at least top three in the Jack Adams voting because there is not anyone that I know that expected him to make the playoffs. Now, really, you, it, I, I, you can make the argument. I always make the argument that do you award the coach that continues to make the playoffs or do you do you award the coach that unsup- or surprisingly makes the playoffs? That's the question. You know, you could say John Cooper should get the freaking Jack Adams award every fucking year because his team is always fucking good. Um, Dallas Eakins in terms of what happened in Edmonton, I think now that I've done a little bit of research, I think it was bullshit. Um, I think he did not get his, his opportunity. The only thing James and Tyler that may stop him from getting a contract extension, even though I think he deserves one given the, given what he's done is that you guys is that James, I don't believe that you guys have, have picked a GM yet. And the GM is going to come in and he's going to reevaluate everything. And the GM is going to want his own coach, especially if, if, if um, Eakins doesn't have a contract in hand, so you're really you're really dealing with a new GM that may want to completely go the other direction. Now, you actually, James, I'm gonna kind of bounce off what you said a couple of weeks ago. It might have been a couple months ago, and that Dallas Eakins might be a trampoline for the next coach or the, or the or the or the or the team. He has helped. We can't disagree that he has helped speed up this this uh, rebuild. Like we did not expect him to be in this situation. We the new GM may look at this team and look, wow, this team's in a lot better position than we thought. Maybe, maybe we now get a very experienced coach and we go for it now. Maybe that's the case. I don't know that that's the right move. I think that you need a little bit more. Uh, you need a little bit more grooming of your Zegerses, your Drysdale's, and your Lundstroms. Um, and you're gonna be losing guys like Getzlaf and and maybe even Raquel. So you might be losing some of those veteran guys. So you you. So you have to kind of think about that, but Dallas Eakins is doing a very great job of, of, of handling and supporting the development of his younger players, which I think is huge. Those younger players are absolutely becoming the face of the franchise. And with, with a coach that doesn't have his ability to, to, to connect with those guys, I just don't know that you, that they look as great as they do. That's the only thing that I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, But that is all I have to say with, with the NHL. Uh, It's been kind of black because of this whole COVID thing. Um, Hopefully by the mid to end of January things, you know, we're not seeing games postponed and we're going to be back to fucking normal. Who knows? We're not going to the Olympics. They shut down the, the um, junior tournament, which was absolutely insane. So I don't know. I have a lot of negative feelings about that, but it's okay. That's okay. We're, We're okay. We're okay. Oh, and the others suck.
0: Oh, yeah, the others really suck. Really, oh, yeah, that yeah. that leaves that hurts. Yeah, the, King, the, the Kings, I believe, are tied with others now in the standing. So, yeah, yeah, thanks.
2: Well, oh my
0: hope. God, love that. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, we had that little bit of break, but hockey is back now, so we actually have some games to watch, which is definitely a positive. Uh, so we'll definitely take that. Um, but yeah, definitely love, 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 love the hockey talk is always trading. Uh, When we come back, we're rounding out our third segment here. We're doing uh, another top threes for me, and we're talking about injured players that we wish never got injured and we could see their full careers play out. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Mm Welcome back, everybody. It's the final segment of episode 79. We have another edition of Top Threes from myself, and we're talking top three players who got injured in their career, whether it was a crinning injury or a career denting injury, however you want to describe it. Injuries that we wish never happened, that we could see a full, healthy career out of these guys. I'm really curious to see what everyone's got. Um, Also got to give some credit. I stole this segment idea from Alex so i stole it from his little book of segment ideas kind of like how an elf when they find that little book of that dude's story ideas and they're like oh we got all these good ideas basically what i have what, what happened here so alex thank you for the second idea uh so same as usual we'll start with number three go around the horn work our way up to number one james
3: what do you got for your number three number three i have andrew luck Colts qb um he wasn't <laughs> really he got injured um he retired after seven seasons because of recurrent injuries. He was 29 years old at the time. Crazy because he's a quarterback, and quarterbacks play forever. Case in point: Tom Brady, who is like 45, and Drew Brees retired at like 42. So he had he was well in his prime at this point, 29 years of age in the NFL. Um, he retired two years after he signed a six-year, 140 million dollar deal. So he's leaving a lot of money on the table there by retiring early, but he pretty much retired because he was like, yeah, the, the pain of playing football and the rehab and the injuries is taking a toll on my life. And I can't, in order for me to enjoy my life, I got to take the thing that's causing the pain to go away. And he just up and quit football, which is, I watched a press conference and it was like sad. Like the dude gave it his all. He was one of the most intelligent guys out there. One of the most caring, compassionate quarterbacks. He had a habit of congratulating people, whenever he had when he got sacked or something which was crazy um but that's just Andrew Luck and who he was he was a good guy he was a good quarterback he was a four-time pro bowler and he led the NFL on touchdown pass in 2014 it's it's tough to see him just leave the game that early in his, in his career yeah
0: I mean I definitely think that that was one of the most recent ones that was just super shocking that I don't think anyone saw coming so and he was, so, he was such a hyped guy. You know, he was one of the guys that expected to be that franchise quarterback, kind of the next Peyton Manning for that Colts franchise. Unfortunately, just got, it got cut short, uh, traded. what do you guys three?
1: I had the same guy.
0: Um, <laughs> <Boring>. <laughs> yeah, I know hey. Hey. that that's
1: just, that, it's just that, I mean, it, what's crazy. It's just, what's crazy about it is that the guy, it, he, he actually left, Right when the Colts were just starting to figure it out, like if he had just if he was able to physically stick it out for a couple more seasons and 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 fully rehab and actually you know get fully healthy, we would probably see the Colts. You know, we they wouldn't have had uh, uh, Rivers play for those one or two years. Was it only one year? Or was it two? Yeah, one year. One year. He would have played with a much better team, and they're they're even a better team now. Uh, We talk about it to this day. Um, I think he he would have been a better quarterback than Carson Wentz and who knows where they'd be. They might've been, they might've won the division this last couple of seasons. So um, it's just unfortunate because the time, the timing of it was the biggest disappointment for me is because, you know, as unfortunate as it was, he, he was not only giving up a lot of money, but he was giving up the future of what the Colts are now. And I think that they'd be better than they are now.
0: Yep. Bummer. Uh, my number three, bummer. I mean, you this already really talked about Andrew Luck twice, so I'm gonna. I, I don't have Andrew Luck as three. Um, uh, I'm actually picking a player who actually never saw play in my lifetime, but a player who I think is every, everyone loves playing. What watches highlights of Bo Jackson? Okay, one of the one of the greatest athletes of all time. He played both football and baseball. Um, he's his career got short with with uh, got cut short. Because uh, from football, because of a, of, a, of a hip injury, it'd been really interesting to see how far he could have gone in both sports. Obviously, taking a, playing both football and baseball at the highest level is going to take a toll on your body. But I would have loved to either see the full version of Bo Jackson in football or the full version of Bo Jackson in baseball. I think I think both are insane, insanely good athletes. Um, I think he, again, what he does we, 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 when you really think about it, what he did was insanely impressive um but it would have been really cool to see a full career of both like how amazing would that be right um so i think for me bo jackson i mean the 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 highlights to me still stick out of my mind especially with the baseball ones where he breaks the bat on his head and he and he freaking (laughs) runs up he 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 catches a ball and like legit runs up the wall like spider-man i mean like this dude was one of the most insane athletes um that I think the world has ever seen. I wish I was around to actually watch it Winnison in person, but I, th- I think Bo Jackson for me comes in at number three. Um, James, who do you guys too?
3: If you watch basketball in the last like 30, 20, 30 years, you know who I'm gonna talk about here, but I'm gonna talk Tracy McGrady. This dude is best known for his play with the Raptors, the Magic and the Rockets, seven-time All-Star, two-time NBA first team, three-time NBA second team, two-time NBA scoring champ, and he's currently an NBA Hall of Famer. The biggest thing about this is during his play, during his time, he was like Kobe's rival. Like him and Kobe were best friends, but he was the only person that could keep up scoring the way Kobe scored. He put up 13 points in 35 seconds. This dude was a machine. The tough part about this is is that he never had a full season of playing because he always had back spasms. And towards the end of his career there from 2006 to 2012, injuries hit him really hard. He had back spasms. He had surgery in his Knee his shoulder, he had microfracture fracture surgery. Out of 540, 574 games, he only played a total of 326. And his scoring averages dropped from twenty well over 25 points per game to 6.9 points per game. This dude was hit hard by injuries, and everybody I know who watches basketball was always like, I wish T- T-Mac was able to stay healthy all those years because it would have been great to see Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady face off against Kobe and Shaq time after time after time. But we, we weren't able to see that because T-Mac injuries hit him hard. And it's crazy to think that if T-Mac was healthy, he'd probably won a championship himself. This guy was that good. He was insane. He was a great talent. You could see it. he passed the eye test on so many levels. It's just unfortunate when injuries hit you and just take away your explosiveness, your speed, and your sporting ability.
0: Tracy McGrady was the dude that
3: was in uh, Like Mike, right? Uh, that movie? Does he look high all the time? Because that's what Tracy McGrady always looked like. I'm
0: pretty sure. Uh, Trayden, did you ever see the movie Like Mike?
3: I have not. Fuck. God damn it. Okay, we're going to have to <laughs> fact check <fact-check>. <laughs>
0: uh, Because that was a, a great movie. I can't believe you guys haven't seen that movie. If you haven't seen Like that's Mike. your this, only
3: recollection of T-Mac?
0: No, I'm just saying, when I think of Tracy McGrady, I think of the basketball part. I also think of Like Mike and the movie he was in. I, it was a great movie. It was one of my favorite sports movies <laughs> uh, with with Lil Bow Wow. Yeah. 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 And the shoes got
3: tied up on the light. Yeah, yeah, Unless, yeah I get you. Pretty sure Tracy great.
0: McGrady was like the main guy in that. Anyway, uh, trading, who do you guys number two? Um, I,
1: I, I'm kind of weighing between two, but um, I am gonna go with I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Eric Lindros. Um, Eric Lindros was a hockey player that played between 1992-93 to 2006 to 2007. Um, he had 760 games played, which is about you know. of what he could have played. This is a guy that was a big dude. He was, he was Mario Lemieux big. Like he was, he, he, he commanded the ice. He was a force. Um, And he was a, you know, over a point per game player in the early, in the early parts, well over a point per game. He was almost at, he was, he was over 1.5 at one point um, early on in his career, but it really took a, took a dip later on in his career as you know, the injuries started to catch up to him and he, he was riddled with many, many devastating hits during an era that that was okay. I mean, you, you got lined up in, in, you know, head contact was, was not, was not forbidden. Um, And he, and he, he got lit up so, so often. And it's really unfortunate because he, he would have been a force throughout his entire his entire career. Um, He started out with Philly um, played a few games or played a few seasons in in uh, new york um, and ended his career in toronto and dallas uh, respectively um he didn't i i don't see him playing it he hasn't played an entire full he didn't play a full entire season i mean there wasn't one season that he played an entire season which is very unfortunate for a player like that um it's just it just sucks when you see these big guys that you know this is this is this is a guy that's six four two forty. this is a big built guy um and he just got completely punished and um and that's kind of what did him in um and you know that he was the first overall first first round pick in 1991 and you know he, he didn't get the full at least a thousand games that you would have expected from a player like that so
0: that's why number two. too never heard of that guy but uh <laughs> great pick there uh yeah i mean hockey injuries are always just, just a major bummer um so in fact check myself like mike uh tracy mcgrady was in the movie but he was not like the main dude uh but the main guy that little bow wow kind of befriends and he plays basketball the character's name was tracy reynolds so i think that's what i'm thinking of uh, uh played by morris chestnut in case you guys yeah. were, in case you guys were curious but they're, 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 <laughs> but tracy mcgrady was in the movie so i was not completely well at least you and got the main that, character's yeah. name was tracy so it's kind of like that's where my memory was so it's changed like, that down yeah memories mom, are weird. it was tracy things. too
3: Fun yeah, fact. is it really? Let's get his name, dude. How do you know trading it, Tracy and Gordon put together equals Trayden.
0: Oh, tra- oh, name. I thought you, I thought you said Tracy McGrady's mother's name was Tracy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't my know. bad. <laughs> I <knew that>.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no. Moving on. Uh, my number two uh, is Derek Rose. Uh, obviously, that? I think, uh, yeah, he's just he's some <laughs> just he's some basketball bum. <laughs> No, but uh, obviously this dude dude. was one of the greatest point guards, you know, for a while there, you know, and uh, in an era of basketball where I was really watching basketball, you know, kind of the the, the Kobe Pau Gasol years, you know, kind of that kind of that that era of basketball where, you know, the Bulls and Derrick Rose were a, 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 a force and this dude was so much fun to watch. Honestly, probably second to Kobe in terms of a player that I just loved watching play basketball. And unfortunately, just two major knee injuries, uh, one was an ACL and he came back and like, I, what was it like, not even a half a season, he injured um, the other leg, the, the other knee um, right afterwards. And it was just such a major moment because that return was so hyped. And everyone was so excited to, to see Derrick Rose, the MVP, back in, in the league. And then he gets hurt pretty much right away. Um, he really hasn't really been the same since. He's obviously, just, he's, he's, he's been playing, he's been contributing with teams, but just not the same MVP level Derek Rose. Um, so for me, that's, that's my number two, just a player that I was hyped on watching and just, you know, unfortunately those injuries cut that career pretty short there. Um, but, but good for him for, you know, he's still kicking it and he's still, you know, playing. So that, that that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so here we go to do our number ones. James, who do you got as your number one?
3: So this one hits very close to home. I'm going to pull Tyler and be very biased here. It's my favorite player of all time. and It's Patrick. Let me Wilson. guess. Yeah. I knew you yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. He was the middle linebacker for the four ers at a time where the Niners weren't very watchable. They were still my favorite team, but he, Patrick Willis was the reason why I watched football. This dude was a hard hitting middle linebacker, new coverages, did everything he possibly could and played the game with so much intensity. He retired after eight seasons in the league. He was 28 years old, still in his prime at a middle of the linebacker because Bobby Wagner is like 33, and he's putting up 170 tackles. So he's still well into his prime at this point. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler. The only time he didn't make the Pro Bowl was in his last season when he played six games due to injury. Five-time first-team All-Pro and a second-team All-Pro one time. He led the NFL in tackles twice in his eight-year career. He is currently a candidate for the NFL Hall of Fame, which is ridiculous because he only played eight seasons, but he's be- he's a finalist right now. That's how much respect this guy has. He retired early, and it's so crazy to me how good he could have been had he continued playing, how good would the Niners have been through that rough period if Patrick Willis had still been on the team. He was their leader, their literal leader as a captain, and then I just insane, dude. So Patrick Willis is my pick for number one as somebody who's had an injury that cut his career short.
0: I like that. Uh, I mean, bias is okay, James. You know, you're, you're gonna have a little <laughs> bias on the, on the podcast. We, I personally accept bias in the podcast, so it's all good. Obviously, obviously, Shaden, who you guys your number one. It's got to be Super Mario
1: Lemieux. Um, Mario, now this is kind of weird because the guy played 17 seasons. Now you'd think, oh, he didn't get his season cut short, but he did. He played 915 games in 17 seasons, which is not a lot. He did not play an entire full season, and mostly it was. Um, injuries but most notably he actually fought cancer during his time in the NHL um, which is the biggest thing and the big the um, Hodgkin's lymphoma in, in um, to be exact and tons of back injuries as well but the most important thing about the Lemieux is at worst on any guy on any person's top hockey top five hockey um, player if he's not number three you've never play, you've never seen hockey he or you don't understand the game because he he very well could be the best hockey player to ever play the game better than Wayne Gretzky. And he's often compared to Wayne Gretzky in terms of um, in terms of his points, in terms of his whole season. Um, their careers did overlap a bit, which is very interesting. The difference is Mio played with the Pittsburgh Penguins all 17 seasons, which obviously Wayne Gretzky did not. He got traded to L.A. and then played in um, St. Louis um, as well um, after his tenure in the with Edmonton. Um the Lemieux scored 690 goals um and um 720 1723 points total um over his 915 game season or I'm sorry, uh career. He had a better goals per game record than than Wayne Gretzky did, albeit they're different players, but nonetheless, um Lemieux also had a 1.88 point per game pace compared to Wayne Gretzky's 1.92. That is a that is a minor difference. Th- these are both players that, that were iconic to the game. They changed the game. Mario Lemieux also managed to bring his team, a Stanley cup in his tenure um, from a team that was just not figuring it out. Even when he was there for many, many years, very similar to a Connor McDavid Edmonton or other situation. Um, everyone thought, Oh, Lemieux is not going to be able to do it. And sure enough, he finds a way to bring his team to, um, team t- team a cup one season he was re- he, he was on pace for a 2.67 points per game in his in, in in uh over 60 games which is absolutely insane i understand that the 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 uh the errors are much different but this is a guy that if he had been healthy for his for the for as many games as wayne was which was you know a little over 1400 games these guys would have almost been the same in terms of points that's how close these guys would have been so um you know, these are both guys that are. I'm, I'm sorry, M- Mario was just a guy that, you know, it, it's just very unfortunate that he had so many, um, so many injuries and, and, um, and he had to deal with, um, his radiation therapy for his lymphoma. But he came back, um, underwent major surgeries, came back and, uh, was, you know, was inducted into the Hall of Fame, no problems there. Um, and I just wish he would
0: have been able to, to play a full, seat, full career. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you have any career statistic uh, that is that beats Gretzky, I mean, you're freaking phenomenal. And it, it is a bummer that he wasn't able to, to kind of get that full full career in there. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so Traden had to leave the podcast, uh, so he's out. But I'm going to finish with my number group. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> he's not here. So he's not going to care my number one. So he's going he's gonna to listen to this later. But my number one is kind of kind of like the baseball equivalent to Mario Lemieux, I feel like, what, what trade just described, which and that is uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, this dude, I think if he didn't have as many injuries that kept him out of so many games in the, in the second half of his career, we could be talking about him as hands down the greatest hitter of all time. I mean, this dude finished with 630 home runs. You know that's you know less than a hundred short of Babe Ruth's record, which some argue is the more legit record. To Barry Bonds uh, 760 home runs. Um, you know Bonds, Bonds and Griffey played in the same kind of around the the same time. You know Bonds obviously used steroids. Ken Griffey Jr. to this day has not been linked with any steroids, which arguably could be the reason why his records are not as are not as good. Um, so that's a very interesting uh, conversation and perspective to take on it. Um, but I think most people would agree that Ken Griffey Jr. probably had one of the sweetest swings and one of the one of the sweetest, most fun uh, hitters to ever play. A great athlete all around, a great a great uh, outfielder. This dude was electric, um, super super, and 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 he kicked ass in backyard baseball. This dude <laughs> absolutely raked. So if he if if Ken Griffey Jr. was not on your backyard baseball team, you were not playing it correctly. Um, so for me, Ken Griffey Jr. if he had if he was able to play, you know, I don't remember exactly how many seasons he played, but it was, it was pretty much a, a full almost 20 year career, but a lot of, a lot of those years in, in the later half where, I mean, he probably played maybe a third of them to 50% of those games. So if he had that full, that full career, I'd be really interested to see how close he would have gotten to that Babe Ruth record. Um, I think he would have definitely flirted with it for sure. Um, so, to me, I, I feel like Ken Griffey Jr. to me is my, my number one. Um, would have loved to see that, that, that full career there. So um, all great choices. And let us know what your guys' um, uh, top three are there, or you're, you're the player that you wish you could have seen a, a full career from. You know, when, when, when I was doing the, the research on these, there, there, there's a lot of them. A lot of them I didn't even really think about. Um, Sandy Koufax was one that I almost picked out of bias here. Um, I never obviously... Ice is okay, Tyler. Yeah, Ice it is, is okay. Around. You know, I, I I did pick Bo Jackson, who I never saw play. Sandy Koufax is even further back than him. But if you really look at the stats, I mean, he retired at the age of 30. And, I mean, he has records that are still hold for the Dodgers all-time pitching records. And that's with Clayton Kershaw, you know, kind of being the reincarnation of Koufax, so to speak. So um, pretty crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. You never like to see injuries, especially to these star players. And, you know, thankfully it doesn't happen, you know, to too many of these guys but when it does it's it's just it's, it's a major bummer so um kind of a saddish way to end the podcast but uh hopefully you guys enjoyed it um thank you for listening tuning in to episode 79 next week we'll be at 80 and we're getting we're 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 in the conversation and we're kind of seeing light and the, the tunnel for episode 100 which is absolutely insane so we couldn't have done it without you guys so thank you for helping us get this far we, we appreciate your support um, thank you for listening. And guys, you know, we like tra- talking trash to each other. Talk trash to us over on, on social media. What do we miss? What did what dumb shit did we say that you disagree with? Let us know. Uh, we would love to hear your takes. If you got ideas for segments, things we want to talk about, let us know. We're on, we're on all the social medias except for Facebook, as I always like to say. So once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time for episode 80.